of Yahweh again, the opportunity to be your conduit. Thank you, Father. And bless any scriptures shared that these that are listening, hear what's being said and turn to your truth, knowledge, and wisdom. Father, thank you. So, interestingly, we've shared before, I've shared with you, pardon me, because I am sipping a coffee. Um, We've shared before um, these perverts that are you have to understand something. Let me let me digress, and, and I'm going to make certain that there's an understanding. The word perversion is not strictly to do with sexual connotation. It's not bodily sexual thing. That's not what it means. The word perversion is twisting and maligning and changing good intention to something that's dark and wicked and the person that does that thing is a pervert okay so that has to do with that pervert running around with his pretty colorful scarf on declaring to be this prophet pastor of god and yet he's telling us and telling his congregation that the word of god is incorrect and that should be corrected and he's going to make sure that it gets done and then John 3.16 is his reasoning. But as I've shared about this before, he didn't read it in context. He took one verse, blew it out of proportion, and it's not even what the scripture's talking about. Fool. And the word lust, which is going to be talked about, so many people misinterpret and they decide that it has to do with with physical bodily contact of sexual intent, but that's not what it is. Lusting, and it's talked about, Peter talks about it, Paul talks about it, it's talked about a number of places, but it has to do with the desire for that which does not belong to you. If it's not yours, but you want it because you covet it, and so you have let that grow into this lustful desire, that's why we are warned not to lust after your neighbor's automobiles, the house, and people do this stuff. Oh man, I want that car, I want that car. And then what happens when they start following this lust is that they put themselves out on the limb. I know wherefrom I speak, for I have done this very thing. That's an excerpt from the letter that Caesar wrote just before he was assassinated, interesting. Yes, I did this thing. I, I, all those things that I wanted and then went and put myself in a position 
you know, I had stuff. I had nice stuff. And I shared with you before that I could sign my life away. Pretty much did that. But that thing, that very thing that mattered most, I wasn't there. So we're going to digress a little bit. We're going to talk about wars. And I, I just, I, I get this notion in my mind. It just swirls around. I can't help but to feel that a lot of these individuals that claim that the Bible has to be rewritten and that it's not relevant to this time and that we need to update the Bible. Wow. They've got no idea, no clue. Why? Because they don't actually study to show themselves approved of the Lord God Almighty who wrote this book, his truth, his knowledge and wisdom. And yet... It's not relevant to this day and age. I find that this Bible, no matter where you go, in following the rule of faith, regula pidele, you go from the front to the back, back to the front, you will find the relevance to this world and day and age throughout the Bible. Follow the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Wars and rumors of war. I'm going to go to Matthew 24. And the individual who is speaking is Lord Jesus, anointed of God, Christ. And he's speaking to a handful of his disciples, but he's talking to us. And this is, this is Jesus talking to This is this is after Jesus was speaking into the temple and and um, and he's he had just got done chastising the uh, Pharisees, called them out for what they are, and he called them out because they their declaration, but their falsehood. Matthew chapter 24. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him for to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See not all these things. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when shall these things be and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? I remember here what this, this is talking about, the end of the world as we know it. And we have to remember something is very, very important. That so many people cling to this and I, you know, and it, and it causes, it's a causation of uh, being frightened afraid, which Satan loves. I've shared this with you before, is that one of his pseudonyms is fear, false evidence appearing real. It better be said that, I like the way Jesus said it, 
the end of the age. Uh, see, that's that's more of a um, on a different plane, but when it's spoken here, I, my perception, my feeling is the end of the world that is, and so many people grab on to, oh, going to destroy the world. Yeah, as we know it. Because what we know is what we see around and so many people cling that, but Billy Graham said it. This is not my home. I'm just passing through. It's much like when you travel from point A to point B on that Route 66, you stop off at a hotel. That's not your home. And you might stay there for three or four days. And it starts to feel, make it comfortable and your home. But it's not your home. You're just passing through. And the import is, and many times you've heard the, the term, that, oh, this is... This is not my home yet. It's we just moved here, so we got to make take time and make it home. And people get caught up in that, and they get all agitated about it. And you know, I'm in conversation with a with a brother, and and uh, he still gets very, very wrapped up in politics and these things that are going on, and I. I try to um, share the word and drive him away from that because I'll tell you honestly, one thing that I found is is most comforting is that the Holy Spirit took me away from all this stuff on Facebook, the so-called social media. In the media, I wish I could remember the anagram that he shared it, most evil Uh, I can't remember it all, but it talks about media. And, and you have to understand that because of the electronics and, and the things that we have here and this little thing in the palm of our hand <clears throat> is more powerful than the computer that sent the moon mission up, all the moon missions up and guided the landing of the satellite on the moon is declared by media and uh, their videos and all the things that they showed about that. And this little thing that we hold in the palm of our hand is hundreds of times more powerful than that. But let's digress. We're going back to Matthew 24. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, his disciples came unto him and privately said, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? <clears throat> and Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you, no man deceive you. Does that sound like politics? Sure does. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Now, this is important that you grab onto that, saying, I am Christ. They're not saying that they are Jesus. They're saying that they are Christ, that they are anointed of God. The word Christ means anointed of God. They're going to come and tell you that they are anointed by the hand of God and that they are to deliver a message to you. They are liars, thieves, and deceivers. They are teaching false doctrines, false teaching, misleading and will pay dearly 
for taking those who are trying to be faithful to the word of God, deceiving them. And the Bible tells us that many will fall away. Not saving even the elect. The elect are who? Those that are called and believe and want to believe and have faith in God, but they will even be deceived and walk away or fall away. I've shared with you already, one of my mentors shared with his friend and acquaintance of, of many years that in front of his congregation denied his faith and he can't have faith anymore and he walked away. Why? Because God didn't answer him about his marriage. So he just walked away. Hold on here a minute. The, if he was really in the word of God and he just completely forgot that God does not operate on our time frame. Yeah, it's hard to have patience in this, especially when you have somebody very close and dear to you, a wife, husband, child. But you have to remember, you have to have faith and confidence in the fact that God knows the need. But he is saying that God wouldn't answer him or didn't answer him, so he walked away. That's, that's pitiful and sad. Pitiful and sad. And I'm not just sitting here talking about that guy because you know what? I have walked in those shoes, so I am not pointing my finger without the three fingers pointing back at me. I have walked that walk. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, it's important we're going to go over here because um, it was pointed out that there's a Greek word, ekphobos. And I went and looked this up in Strong's Greek Dictionary to find out. And this translation, also remember that much of this book, the Bible, was translated and written during the occupation of the Roman Empire in the area of the Mediterranean, Israel and all. And they were translating and, and putting this together. And also at that time that there were many of the churches that were central, right smack in the middle of being surrounded by Romans and Greeks and had all this going on. So the language was, was actually very common. But the Greek word ekphobos, this is what it was translated See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Okay, so ekphobos, this is an important word because it it means that you not be frightened, terrified, fearful, that you don't get screaming and panic, and literally scared out of your wits. I've heard several phrases scared to my wits end. Get your wits about you. What does that mean? Well, it has to do with being wise. It has to do with not just having knowledge of something, but be wise in this and put your thoughts together so that you don't get scrambled and that you don't panic and that you don't become fearfully driven. Remember what I've shared, fearfully driven 
And this is what many governments do. They want to drive you fearfully, make you so scared that you're willing to do whatever they want you to do or whatever they tell you to do, which is so sad to me because having served this country for the amount of time that I did and coming back and seeing and observing how much of this country has just walked away from veterans. It's It saddens me because, well, yeah, this has been my home for my, my whole life in various places and locations in this country. But I'm not being fearfully driven so that I'm going to react the way many do. And I'm, I, it saddens me in my heart that my brother is reacting the way he does. He gets very, I can, I can feel the sense of his tension when anything politics. And this is why in Facebook, I just don't even pay attention to that because the media does not share truth. It's being driven and being used to drive fear into us and we lose our wits. What are our wits? Our wits are that thing that keeps us focused and walking step by step and moving forward. But when you lose your wits, scared out of your wits, literally is what Ikphobos translates to. Now you're just sort of, what was this one? I saw one that reminds me of this. And, and the character in this film was running and, and was so frightened and just basically running in circles and running, 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 and then ran smack into a post and knocked himself out. Brothers and sisters, don't ever knock yourself out because here's the thing that you have to remember. You're not out. For nations shall rise against, uh, further in, in verse seven, shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there shall be famines, pestilences, earthquakes and divers places. And all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. For those of you that have your blinders on, that's happening today. Jesus spoke of this on the Mount of Olives. Uh, some some uh, of the theological wizards that know more than everybody else by their declaration called this the Olivet Dissertation, kind of a, a mini sermon that, that Jesus is giving to these disciples, a private audience, so to speak. Yeah, I, I tend to get a little agitated about individuals that do that because here's the thing that, that God has created us to be, brothers and sisters, to uplift. But there are those individuals that are so pharisaical in their attitude and their teaching because they know more than everybody else. And the Pharisees declared that they knew more than Jesus, the word of God that was with God from the beginning and became flesh and was manifest to this place, our plane of existence, to empathize with his creation, to be amongst us, to walk amongst us, and yet the Pharisees called him a blasphemer, a liar, a sorcerer, a deceiver, a faker, and cried for his crucifixion, what he ultimately got. However, 
you have, and I share this, Pontius Pilate who washes hands of the matter because his wife was a believer. And she told Pilate that, oh, don't do this. This is not a good thing. And Pilate said, I find no fault in the man. I, he is, I find no guile. Jesus told him the truth all the time. When he, when he got Jesus to respond to his question and his silence and when Pilate asked him certain questions, Pilate found no fault in him. But the Pharisees declared that not so and cried out for his crucifixion. And yet Jesus was on the cross and he looked down and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Further, verse 10. And then shall many of be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Offended, offended at the drop of a hat these days. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Falsehoods, lies, deceptions. The love of many will wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Be strong. Stay in the race. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel and the prophets stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. That's an important phrasing there. Seek the spirit of God. He will deliver to you. I, I've, I've asked the Lord for his truth, his knowledge and his wisdom because without that, I, I can't do what I'm doing. Many people will read through the Bible and they get confused. There, there's the, those perverts that get up there and try to teach. They either take the Bible in their hand and then they put it on the podium and they speak anecdotally about things that they have no true knowledge of. And then they convince their congregation that they need to give, 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 give. Give until you can't give no more because I am greedy. I am lustful. I want more. False teachings and false doctrines. Further in verse 17, Jesus says, if you're on your housetop and these things start to happen, don't come down to get stuff. And if you're out in the field, don't run back to the house to get your clothes and put it in a go bag. No such thing. There's no reason for it. No need for it. Because at that time, when we're caught up and the Bible tells us that we will be glorified and we will be like him in that day. What are you going to need a sack of clothes for? It's going to be changed. You're going to be garmented in raiment that is beyond the light of the sun. Here's the thing. It talks about these things that are coming. 
It's not talking about when, when, uh, right when Jesus, Jesus kind of mixes ear back and forth, but he's talking about the thing that, that is most important is that we don't allow our hearts to be troubled, ekphobos, scared out of our wits. So many people forget this and those that claim to be Christian, those that claim to be, I'm going to say I share that again and I'll say it again, who claim to be because you get these false teachers, false doctrines, and it comes from somebody walking around on a podium with a very pretty scarf and parading back and forth and making a big oration and this huge deal about their and the way that they move to draw attention to them not to the word and they don't read the word but they're drawing attention to them they have twisted maligned and perverted the word of god but we have to remember I have to remember this. Their claim to be Christ, and here's where self-proclaimers and label heads get mixed up and confused. They, they think that when the word Christ is used, they're talking about physical manifestation of Jesus. Coming to read the word and the Holy Spirit has shared with me and remember that the word Christ actually means anointed of God. So there will be, there will be the Antichrist comes, contrary Christ, opposite of Christ, the Antichrist. And he's going to be claiming to be him. And I've noticed in many orations from these false teachers that they don't actually claim to be Jesus. Probably for fear of being consumed by heavenly fire right there on the spot. That would be, that'd be intense. But they're claiming to be anointed of God to bring all these false doctrines and teachings to us. Wow, are they going to be answering to the judge, Lord God Almighty? Claiming to be anointed of God to bring false teaching and false doctrines to be a froward teaching. Remember that word? Willfully contrary. So they're saying that God has told them that it's okay to be willfully contrary to the book that he authored, penned by many, but authored by the Lord God Almighty, the author and the finisher, that he told them it's okay for you to teach false doctrines and lies and go completely contrary to my Bible, my word of God, my instruction manual, my map. It's, it's okay for you to do that. I'm telling you that God would not do that. Why is he gonna speak the truth and give us all the promises he has and then tell these individuals that it's okay to teach opposite of what he's telling us? And the declaration that he's making is not true. But God can't lie. God is not lying. 
God, see, here's the thing about the characters and the attributes of God. Attributes are what his character is. The things that God shares with us is not because of how he is, but because of who he is. And there's a profound difference. He doesn't do it because he's a nice guy. He doesn't do it because it should be done that way. He does it because that's what God is. God is good. God is love. God is our heavenly father. And he does indeed love us. And the love that is in us that we are allowed to give to other people comes from him. And here's the thing too, that the desires that, he, that we have in our hearts, they're an emotion and part of the thing that makes us up and God put that in us. But here's the thing, you have to control that. But going back to war and rumors of war, And the causation, what is the causation of war? And my mentor is teaching in, in that we find this because of the lust in our hearts. And remember what I spoke about already, lust is not the physical contact of a man and woman and lusting for that sort of desire. Lust can be for anything, everything can be for more money, more riches, more cars, all this sort of thing up here. But what lust is, is the de driving desire to have what you do not possess. And more importantly, what you probably should not possess. If we go back in history and we look at wars, Let's go, oh, let's really offend folks, shall we? Oh, yeah, I'm going to drive some folks nuts with this one. The Civil War. You had those men who were bonding other men, women, and children. Not into biblical slavery, but into slavery that made them in control. They wanted control and they wanted their work done for them by others. So they bound them with chains. And if they escaped, they hunted them down. And then they talk about the Bible not being relevant. But let's go back to the land of Egypt and the Civil War. We're going to kind of go side by side. <clears throat> so the reason we're doing that is that Egypt held family members in heavy bondage and they used the children and families to threaten. And then you go to the Civil War and you have family members and how they figured they were going to get the word out to the escapee that they have their family, but that those people knew that their family was still back there and they held them in. And, and sadly, the, the disgusting individuals that were doing this thing or perpetrating this, they hurt them in order to get the one that ran away to come back. 
the lust for control of something that they should not have been in control of, and they they wanted the control of people. They wanted to be in charge of people, which is what is a driving force really to a lot, not just minerals and and not just natural resources, but they wanted control over people. The Egyptians wanted that because the counselors had convinced them that Israel was going to become too powerful because they're growing too fast. They'd been living in the land of Goshen since the time, since Daniel, or not Dan, Joseph, I'm sorry. When Joseph came in and became head of second only to Pharaoh over everything. And he was thrown in a pit when his brothers intended harm and God intended good. Israel had been living at peace. But what happened? The yammerings and murmurings and the rumors, false evidence appearing real that Israel was going to outgrow the Egyptians and take over. Well, their lust for what they had, the gold and minerals that was being mined in the buildings and all their majestic buildings, which now you look back and there's a few of them left over and the Sphinx now looks so nasty and terrible and just kind of decomposing. I mean, they're finding that even the, the pyramids, as long as they've lasted, it's decomposing, it's temporal. So they threw Israel into heavy bondage, not just because there were many working in the houses anyway. And they were living in the houses, taking care of the children, taking care of the house, feeding and, and making sure that everything was in order. But the counselors convinced them that this was going to cease when Israel took over. So then they threw them into heavy bondage. They were building the pyramids. It's the same thing in the Civil War. They brought them over because they thought that they were good for nothing except for slavery. But let's also remember something here too. This is really going to get some knickers in a twist and that's okay because these individuals are teaching false information. They're not even... They're not even righteous in the word. They're they're believing what somebody said. Um, and I'm going to digress for a moment. Um, when I was traveling with my companion and he gets so wrapped up in things and he mentions something and I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Where did you get that information from? Oh, he goes, oh, I heard it. I said, no, 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 no. I want you to give me factual information. Don't tell me that you heard it somewhere. Well, somebody told me, I said, no. That's not even close to being factual. I said, I want you to share facts with me. Can you do that? Well, no. I said, then I don't want to hear about it. I wasn't being mean, nasty, or rude to him. I was being upright and righteous because he couldn't share facts with me, something that he had heard, which is what was going on when the church of Ephesus, when Paul got involved with that, and they were going back and forth and back and forth, and they split down the middle, and they had the sanctions. So you have individuals that jump on this thing about the Civil War, and they don't realize that the tribesmen and women and children that were taken were taken from their own people. They were taken and sold into bondage by their own that were that were at war with that tribe or they were separated from that tribe or they were mad at that tribe because they had been ostracized and kicked out. 
But then they went and they got traded and got guns from Europeans and they got things and that made them more powerful. So then they lusted after having more and more and more. So what did they do? They went and captured the lesser or weaker individuals and they brought them to the Europeans, which they had heard and were told that were bringing ships to this country and that they could make money. Their lust and desire for something that they did not have and they should not have followed, but yet they did. And they sold their brothers and sisters, maybe even cousins and relatives into slavery. So for those out there that got your knickers all in a twist and knotted up over this, fine, go search the history. Don't go by what you heard somebody talk about. Don't share something you heard about and that you don't know about. Share truth and facts. That's what's up with the Bible. Truth, knowledge, and wisdom of God because it is factual drives this information. Why do I say, wait a minute, am I not doing the same thing? No, I'm not. I have prayed this and it has been manifest to me and the empirical evidence that is shown to me time and time and time again declares the truth. So don't be driven. Don't be in ichphobos. Screaming out loud because of your fright and the intention of those that deliver warfare. And we have to remember that Jesus was given another name and the angel gave this to Mary and Joseph. For the virgin shall have child. Oh, let's go back here and make sure that I quote this correctly and I will because it's in, where are we at? Ah, here we go. The angel of the Lord. Joseph was not wanting to make Mary a public display and, and, and knew at that time, culturally, that it would be a bad thing. But while he thought on these things, we're going to Matthew 1, verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. That's what the word Jesus means. Savior. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. So we have to remember something. We have to take the name Let's talk about the name of Jesus. Our Lord, my Lord, my King, who came to this earth, this plane of existence. What was he thinking? He was thinking of me. 
thinking of you, thinking of us because he loves us. Jesus, Savior, Emmanuel, God with us, Christ, anointed of God. His earthly father's name, Joseph. Jesus Emmanuel Christ, bar Joseph, of Joseph, of his family, of his house. So there's homage given to Joseph for having done what he did. Jesus, Savior. So his name, Savior, God with us, anointed of God. There is power in that name of Jesus. That's a song, incidentally. Power in the name. And remember I shared the uh, lyrics from that song, Tasha Layton. Look what you've done. Talking about what the devil does. And see, this is a driving force. I've shared this numerous times. The driving force is fear. So brothers and sisters, backing into some things here. That we have to remember something and even those that are driving the fear is that Paul wrote this, his first letter to Timothy. I exhort therefore that first of all, supplications and prayers, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. Now, that's an important section there because there's many going to squawk and get all agitated about that. Wait a minute, that's what I pray for all the time, that, that, that God do this thing for this country. Well, wait a second. When the nation of Israel turned their back on God, God had no resort. He let them wander around in the desert for 40 years because they refused to believe the promises and the truth that he gave. And they believed the liars, the deceivers, and those that came back full of fear, fearfully driven, and convinced them that, hey, these we saw ourselves as grasshoppers. They saw themselves as grasshoppers. So they convinced the others that they would be destroyed. So God let them wander and said, you're not going to go into the Holy Land because you are not ready to receive my gift that I gave to you and you're going to be wandering. But let's look on the other side of this, shall we? Is that they wandered in the desert, but he still provided them the visual that he was with them. He did not let their clothes wear out. They didn't have to repair any clothing. Their shoes, he didn't have to repair them for 40 years. Go in your closet and find something that you've had for 40 years that isn't weather-worn to see even that you might touch and just crumble away. And yet, that did not happen. 
God with them. And this is God with us, that this nation has turned its back on God. One nation under God, invisible, liberty and justice for all. Where do you see that anywhere? You don't, because everybody's at warfare with everybody else. They're at enmity with each other and everything. And the saddest part is that we have turned our back on God. He did not turn his back on us. If we cry out to him, he will hear our cries and he will heal this nation. It is possible to be done, but the churches need to wake up and get out of this lustful deceit that they're in and pray for forgiveness and pray to Lord God Almighty. Because here's the thing, many people Many churches are not doing that. They have forsaken their walk because they have found that the walk of and their lust for money and making that their idol in God. So then they walk away from the Lord God Almighty, the sovereign king of all. And they're following the agenda. And when the Bible talks about kings and princes and all that stuff, they're talking about presidents, governors, mayors, city council, those that are placed in the positions of authority. And in some countries there are still kings, but there are prime ministers and all those that are in authority that we need to pray and pray in supplication for them to God that he would draw their heart to repentance and that they realize it's a, it can be done. It can be done, but people are just kind of, they start and then they throw their hands up and they don't do it. And therein lies the problem. This nation is no longer one nation under God. Used to be. I remember when it was. I can remember in my life the very first day that the devil's agenda came to light. The Holy Spirit's telling me that it's okay for me to share this because it's very, very relevant and truthful. Number one, I'm neither white nor Caucasian. I'm not a whitey. I'm not a white boy. And for you ignorant individuals, there's a young man without true knowledge, just assuming because he saw the color of my skin. I stepped forward and I looked him right straight in the eye and I said, I'll tell you what, I'm not angry with you, but I want you to know something factual. I am neither white Caucasian, not a whitey, not a white boy. I am a Native American. My grandparents are nearly one. My grandparents, my maternal grandparents are 100% pure blood Oneida. Those are a nation in this country originated. I know where my great, great grandma, she all the way back to the time before Washington became a general. Let me ask you a question. And my, my ancestors helped slaves escape. They adopted them and many became members of the tribe because they liked that way of life. That's what they, that's what they were taken away from. Mother Africa, her blood 
runs deep in me. Let me ask you a question. Do you know where your five-time great-grandmother comes from without making something up? He couldn't respond because he didn't know. I said, have you ever been to Mother Africa? Have you ever been to the nation of Africa? To, to the continent of Africa and the many nations that are part of it? Not states, but countries. Africa is enormous. Have you ever been there? Do you know where your family comes from, really comes from? Couldn't respond. I said, brother, the fact that I may have more Mother Africa blood flowing in my veins than you do. But you know what? I'm not mad at you. This is education. Taking a lie that you've been taught and trying to enlighten you. I said, I'm not mad at you. I even forgive you. Shook hands. We separated. But my ancestors did indeed do that thing. And it does indeed flow through my bones, although I am olive-complected and I am not dark-complected. But now that's going into a, a platform that doesn't need to get onto. We need to stay focused on this, that we need to be. And Paul tells us, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, Jesus, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Here then takes that perverted twist that, that other individual is thrown at people and they're buying it like chocolate pudding, hand over fist, two hands. I think I got that right. But anyway, just lying and being deceitful and not telling the truth. But the truth is that God Lord desires that all men be saved. And don't get your knickers in a twist over that because in that time and culture, there was no gender specificity. Specificity, I don't, (laughs) sorry. Um, But when they spoke of men because the man was the head of the house and and the wife and the children, just like in the feeding of 5,000, it was really more like 40,000. For if there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ, anointed of God, Jesus, Savior, who gave himself a ransom for all to to be testified in due time. Whereunto I am ordained a preacher and an apostle, I speak the truth in Christ and lie not a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Oh, wow. Holy Spirit reminded me I can't flip the page yet. Now we're going to go to 1 Timothy, 1st chapter 18 and 19. Paul is giving them a charge because talking about the edification. And He's talking, actually, I'm going to go back to 17. Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, and the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. 
Amen. Amen being so be it or let it be. The difference that I use the word aman sometimes because it means praiseworthy, but it doesn't matter. Amen. Let it be. So be it. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Stand up against holding faith and a good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, they've made shipwreck. What does that mean? You walk away, you decide that you're not going to be faithful anymore. You don't have the faith. You can't continue. You make shipwreck. You crash. We have to remember these things. that the Lord God is with us. And most importantly, that we remember that he is a promise keeper. He's always with us. He's, he's promised that that'll happen, and he is. So we have to hold on to his promise. We have to hold on to the fact that he's present with us here. And that this is part of God's plan is that his plan is that all have the opportunity to be saved. But here's another thing that we have to remember. In the second letter that Paul wrote to Timothy, we're going to go to one, verse seven. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound Mind, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of, I'm sorry, but be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. What does that mean? Afflictions don't mean that you're, you're sick. Afflictions can be man-appointed, that they, the causation, high taxation, beating you up, taking what they lust after. We have to remember, brothers and sisters, that so much of this causation is that of mammon. But the causation of war is lusting after and desiring for that thing that does not belong to you and that you do not require, but your mind has driven you to believe that you have to have it. So you take it. And this goes down on a personal level. It goes to a community level. It goes to a city level. And it goes on and on and on. And you have those individuals that sit in authority in high places and that desire drives them. Brothers and sisters, be whole, upright, bold, and courageous by the truth, knowledge, and wisdom of the Lord God Almighty because Emmanuel, Jesus, Christ, God with us, Savior, anointed of God, has come for us all.